This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this episode, I sit down with Jana Farrell to talk about struggling with postpartum depression. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change. Big change. Big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, uh, we are tackling a topic that is dramatically important to many of you listening, but I've never quite had the tools to discuss. And uh, one of the big reasons for that is simply because it's an issue that I will quite frankly never face in my entire life. Like it's biologically impossible for me to face this issue. And so it's something that I've always felt while is important, I'm not the right voice to speak on it. However, recently I attended a conference down in Orlando and met someone who not only is the right voice and not only has the right story and experience to share what you can do to improve on this particular topic, but is also a badass podcaster herself, is also very experienced with the microphone and is about to, in my opinion, wow the socks off of you. So I'm really excited to jump into this one. The topic is postpartum depression. Uh, We're really going to dive deep into the personal story here. But as always, as you know, on this show, we're always going to tie it back at the end to what can you do right now? Because it wouldn't be practical personal development if we left out the practical part. So I'm super excited to bring on the host of Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage Jonna Farrell, the co-host, really, her and her husband host it together. Fantastic show. And I absolutely, absolutely recommend that you guys check that out. If you are in a situation where you are married, you have a long-term partner, and you're trying to figure out how to both give yourself the space you need to grow as a person and keep the marriage together and have kids and, and give yourself the, the opportunity to be the best you so that you can help others be the best them. Like they have got this stuff down to a formula. So I highly recommend you check it out. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to remind you that if you have not already, if you are interested at all in launching your own podcast, if you've been listening to this show for the last 400 episodes and you say, you know what, that guy, Greg, he's not that smart. I think I could do that. Like, If that's what you're thinking, fantastic. 
Head over to sparkology.co slash tiny leaps right now and sign up for the $1 trial of Sparkology. Sparkology is my digital membership platform where I teach you every single thing I've learned about podcasting in the last close to 10 million downloads, 50 plus podcasts launched, uh, five years of doing it and just being heads down in this space for as long as I have. So head over to sparkology.co slash tiny leaps right now and sign up. Now, without further ado, Jana, how are you doing? Wow, I'm good, Greg. Uh, that was some introduction. So thank you. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope that I uh, I didn't embarrass you too much. I mean, uh-huh. this is a little a little red here, but it's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> so welcome to the show. I always try to start these things off with um, what I call "quote unquote" the most interesting question. But I think where I want to go with this, because we're tackling such a heavy topic and something that I am sure there are hundreds, if not thousands, of women that either are dealing with this right now who are listening to the show, or are very stressed out that in a couple of months they're going to be dealing with this. Um, let's start with the background. So tell us a little bit. I, we, we already talked about you host the show, Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage. You and your husband, Chris, are a phenomenal, phenomenal host on that show. But how did you get to that point? Well, first of all, we had three kids in three years, less than three years. So my mind and my body took quite the toll. Um after our first was born, I didn't know. I didn't know I had postpartum. I really wasn't warned about it. It's not something that many doctors really take you through. And to be honest, the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because not a lot of people do talk about it. It's kind of still a taboo subject. So I really didn't know that I was struggling with it until about probably my daughter, our first daughter was six months old. And it kind of came on like a pretty big storm. Mm. So what's um, at this point? Well, l- let me ask this. How long, how long have you guys been hosting the show now? Uh, just about two months. Okay. So, so fairly recent. Uh, when you decided to launch the show and I know you also both have recently left your jobs and decided to, to go all in full time. Um, I'm assuming that you were past the struggle phase, right? For the most part, our youngest daughter is only a year and a half and postpartum Mm. can last years from what I understand. Mm. So for the most part, I've been through it. And that's kind of what launched us into launching our show was I months and months and months ago realized that I needed to figure out who I was outside of mom. Mm -hmm. And so that's something obviously, like you said, you're never going to experience, but when you become a mom, it's so easy to lose your identity because not only does your body go through physical changes, your mind and your identity goes through a lot of changes. So part of my healing from postpartum was trying to figure out what is my purpose? What was I put on this earth to do? And my husband felt the same way. And you know, through a big series of events that kind of led us into starting the podcast and using this platform to be able to use our stories and and our voices to to speak to people who, you know, maybe going through the same thing and and don't have mm-hmm. the support or the know how or you know just like how I was very lost four years ago when I first realized I had it. Yeah, 
So what's uh, that? That actually brings me to a question. Just before we jump into like the real meat of it, yeah. what's um, and this isn't going to be the same for everyone. But what was Chris's experience while you were struggling with this? Because obviously he's not experiencing that in the same way, but it is affecting him in the sense that it's affecting you and you two are our partners. So how how did he tackle that? Wow. Well, it's different. It was different with each child. So we kind of have a unique situation because we can't just talk about one experience because it was different with each. So when you, have, when you have postpartum, a lot of times they say with each child, you have like a 50% chance uh, likelihood of having it again. And mm-hmm. so to some degree, I did experience it with each of our children. In the beginning when we had our first child, we hadn't been together. We'd only been together for a few years Mm -hmm. and our marriage was not, I mean, it was decent, but it wasn't, our communication levels weren't where they needed to be. And honestly, we were probably not ready to have a child yet. So at that point he didn't really understand. He kind of thought that I was just being emotional and I pushed him away a lot. I kind of just focused on our, our one child and she became my everything. And that really hurt our marriage for a while. Uh, after our second, we hit rock bottom in our relationship, my mental stability, as far as just my emotions and not knowing how to handle it and him not knowing how to handle it were really, really challenging on top of the already challenging circumstance of being married. And then after our third, he really supported me because, and we can dive in deeper, you know, when we go deeper about the whole story, but, um, I was at the lowest I had ever been. And so I literally went to him and said, this is my cry for help. And if Mm. I don't tell you this, like, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. And so that was when it was a really big wake up call for him. And he was able to find ways to support me and to realize that he had to really really take charge and lead our family and pick up some of the slack in our home. And just everything was overwhelming when you have postpartum depression or any form of depression, littlest tasks, everything feels super over overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So it was a big wake up call for him that he needed to, that's when he changed his hours with his studio. He used to own a fitness studio before we dove into this world. He relied on making sure I got out of the house if I needed to. Um, He really stepped up in a lot of ways to, realize I needed that help. Yeah. So what, um, so you mentioned earlier that, uh, it was a solid probably six months before you even realized that you were struggling with it. What was, was there an inciting incident or like, how did that, that realization come to you? There were little things that added up, but I didn't really understand because it was our first child. Uh, I had a lot of irrational fears of losing her. Yeah. Uh, the first week we were home from the hospital, I wouldn't sleep to the point where my mom had to come and take the baby and say, go to bed or we're going to take you to the hospital. You have to sleep because I had never experienced anything like this before. And I think a lot of new mothers have that feeling and that fear, but it was debilitating. I, I, I wouldn't let anybody watch her. I didn't want to leave the house. If I was driving with her in the car by myself, I would pull over and get out and check to make sure she was breathing. I mean, Mm. I would have these, and I knew they were irrational to an extent, but I couldn't stop them. I would have these irrational fears that of imagining, you know, oh my gosh, what if she 
fell off this changing table and, and really graphic, terrible feelings of, you know, busted her head open. Um, and I knew those didn't seem normal, but I had never had a kid before. So I didn't really know to tell anybody. Um, but at around six months, um, I had already been really isolating myself. And like I said earlier, not really giving Chris much love and attention. It was really all about the baby. Uh, mm-hmm. We went to a funeral, my mother and I, and it was a emotional funeral. And afterwards, I actually drank an entire bottle of wine in about, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes or an hour. And I got extremely not violent, but like not myself. I was yelling and I was trying to fight my cousin. Apparently I'm zero fighter. Look at me. I'm (laughs) not an aggressive person. And that's when I just kind of broke. And I just remember falling into actually my aunt's arms and her being like, I think we need to talk to somebody. I think you might have postpartum depression. This isn't you at Mm -hmm. all. And, and we're worried. And so that was kind of my first, yes, my big incident that you realize. So what was that? Um, that realization like for you, because I know a lot of times uh, that story as it plays out with depression, like a lot of times, like you'll know something's not right. And then you finally have sort of the word for it or the label for it. Mm -hmm. And you're, you either go into denial. No, that's not me. Or it's this massive weight off of your shoulders. Like, what was your experience once you realized, okay, this is what is happening. Now I maybe have the tools to fix it. Or was it, this is what is happening. I feel like I'm going to be crushed under the weight of this. I think it was a little of being crushed under the weight because I didn't want to believe that about myself. Mm. I didn't want to, I felt being a mom is already, you have so much worry and fear and guilt and all these things. And so I felt like I was broken then. And I had struggled with some depression in the past from some other experiences. And so I was familiar with the term depression, but I always just said, you know, nope, that's, that's not me. I want to, I'm going to fight that. And so I think hearing that I went to a doctor and they, they just did a real quick, like, Oh yeah, it sounds like depression. Like here's a, here's an antidepressant for you. And I didn't want to believe it, but I, I did, I did take those steps and I took the antidepressants and that's, they made me a zombie. I hated how they made me feel. They took mm-hmm. even more joy for me. And I'm not saying some people don't need medication, but for me, they actually made things worse. Right. Um, so to answer your question, it was a little of both, but it was, it definitely wasn't a weight lifted right. at the time. So let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things. It's difficult to find the time to consistently keep learning and keep moving forward. And that's why I use Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique. It's an app that works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. And it takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Years ago, I read the four hour work week, but I decided to jump back into it, just sort of get a refresher. And Blinkist came in clutch for that. So with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want 
and all for one low price. So right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps to try it for seven days and save 25% off your subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps to start your free seven day trial. And you'll also save 25%, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps. Before we jump back into the conversation with Jana, let me tell you about my favorite glasses brand. They're called Warby Parker, and if you haven't heard of them, they're an eyewear company founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique-quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. Now, I've been wearing Warby Parker exclusively for the last four years, and still, to this day, one of the first questions people ask me is, where'd you get your glasses? It's one of those things where you put them on and you immediately know, I look good. So if you want to look good too, then head over to warbyparker.com slash tiny leaps right now. With their free at-home try-on, you can order five pairs of glasses and try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and it includes a prepaid return shipping label. And if you're not sure what you're looking for, take the quiz, answer a few quick questions, and they'll suggest some great looking glasses that are completely personalized to fit your face and style. Now, glasses with Warby Parker start at $95, including the prescription lenses. You really can't find them for much cheaper than that. Lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings, and also blue light filtering lenses are also now available. And finally, If you have an iPhone X, make sure to download Warby Parker's app where you can use their brand new virtual try-on, allowing you to try on eyeglasses, seeing the realistic color, texture, and size of each style. So check out warbyparker.com slash tiny leaps or download the app if you're on iPhone X and get started looking good today. Warbyparker.com slash tiny leaps leaps okay here's what I'm, I'm 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 really curious about uh so you had your first child six months in you have this realization of what's what's going on how long before the second child we were pregnant with our second child just four months later so they were only they were born 20 months apart mm-hmm. so was there now that you had a word for it like was there fear around the second child coming the first child is still really young like a lot of those fears of losing them is still there like was there any fear that this was just going to compound on top of itself definitely she wasn't exactly planned I guess and so um, it was a little bit of a surprise and there was definitely fear knowing what I had just experienced I was afraid that it was going to be worse so the doctors had me take antidepressants through my pregnancy and so that was a constant push-pull of am I doing the right thing what if these antidepressants affect my baby because you know you can Mm -hmm. find anything on the internet and even though my doctors told me it was okay I found a lot of scary statistics so I stayed kind of in that place of this cycle. I call it like the cycle of guilt and shame because I was embarrassed to tell people I had to take antidepressants and Mm -hmm. I was worried that they were going to hurt my baby. Yeah. So there was a lot of fear and it did. It, it, 
it did, even though I knew what to expect. Um, after my second, it was even harder because she was a very difficult baby on top of mm-hmm. having a toddler and her pregnancy was really difficult. So, um, it was not one of those things that you can just, Oh, I know this is going to happen. So now I know how to prevent it. It, it right. still happens. Right. So having gone through the tunnel, so to speak, three times, in a very short window of time. Yes. While I'm assuming that entire time struggling with this, uh, what, looking back now, what would you say is sort of the, I don't want to use the word lessons learned, but what are the things that like, if you had to go back and tell your younger self to mentally prepare for, like, what would you tell her? First, I would tell her to speak up. And realize when you're having these thoughts or these feelings that you're not, it's not you. You're not, you're not broken. You're not crazy. All these things you want to tell yourself because you know that those thoughts aren't of you. Mm-hmm. They're called intrusive thoughts, actually, um, to put a name to them. So to, I would tell myself to speak up and talk to somebody earlier and realize that it's okay to ask for help, whether that's mental help or just physical help with the kids. Um, after my second, I needed help, but the prideful mom side of me said, no, like you're the mom, you take care of this. And, and that, that destroyed me in a lot of ways. Um, so I would say first talk to somebody and realize that you have to invest in yourself. And that's something I didn't learn till after our third, when I realized I have to invest in myself. I have to do things that fill me up so that I can take care of my family because that whole saying, and this is something Chris and I live by on our show. You can't pour from an empty cup Mm -hmm. is just so true, especially in motherhood. And I think that society tries to tell us, you know, no, you keep going, you keep going. Like these are your kids and it's just, you can't. Yeah. One thing that, um, you and Chris have sort of developed as part of your, your internal philosophy since then, uh, this concept of, of, uh, spouse before kids. Yeah. Um, could you break down just sort of like the, the, what philosophies you two have had to adopt, not only in order to to know that you're building a great marriage and raising great kids, but also I'm, I'm assuming they help you just tackle a lot of the emotions that come with having a child, whether during the, the pregnancy, post-pregnancy, or I know your, your oldest just uh, entered school yesterday. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, and I, I haven't experienced this yet, but I'm sure there's a ton of emotions going through both of your minds. So like share with us like what those rules are that you've set for yourself to help tackle that and make sure you're doing the right things. Sure. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. Emotions are just a part of every day. Every day somebody in our house is crying or upset or mad or happy. <laughs> it's definitely an emotional <laughs> roller coaster with three little ones at home. Um, but those are the two main ones that we've decided to live by. Spouse over kids is kind of taboo to some people because, again, a lot of, especially in the social media age, people are all, you know, think it's selfish. They tell you you're selfish and, you know, you brought these kids into the world and yes, they're our responsibility. But Chris and I believe that if we aren't a team, if we aren't on the same page, if we aren't taking care of each other and each other's needs first, then we can't be the kind of parents that our children need. Mm-hmm. We believe they need to see us as loving, happy, giving parents or as a couple 
to even know what kind of relationship to strive for in the future. So that's that's one of the main reasons. Um, and two is they're they're going to grow up. We we can't. You know, I cried yesterday when Lola started school <laughs> because I realized that's kind of her first step away from us into independence. But right. It can't be avoided. They're going to grow up. And we see so many couples who, when their kids are gone, you know, they become empty nesters and they divorce or they're just like, but we don't we don't know each other anymore. And since we know that they're going to grow up and we know that it's our responsibility to raise them to do so, we believe that we need to make sure we're taking care of each other and focused on our marriage and our relationship first and foremost, so we don't fall into that rut. And it's not to say that they're not next. I mean, they're next. Everything we do is for them to have a better life and, and to encourage them to be better even then we are. But those are the main reasons we say spouse over kids. And because we saw what it was like in our marriage when I put our child first and it was not, it was not a marriage that, I would want her to have. So, yeah. Um, and then filling our cup first, that's the other major one we live by because again, whenever I was pouring out everything into our children and, and even to Chris, I didn't have anything left for me. I was depressed. I felt unhappy. I didn't know who I was. And so a lot of us moms say, well, we don't have time. I remember hearing people like, especially the personal development guru saying, you know, Oh, read a book a day or read. I'm like, okay, haha. Like my kids don't even sleep through the night. But what I realized was I am going to be tired anyways, (laughs) no matter what. (laughs) So I forced myself to start getting up early before them to have my coffee and to read and to really take care of myself first part of the day to journal, um, to pray, all these things so that I could be prepared for the chaos Mm -hmm. that was going to (laughs) ensue. Yeah. So and and that, that also goes along with like exercising something that really helped me after our second was born was, and after I kind of gave Chris that cry for help, maybe it was our third, I don't know. They start to run together. (laughs) (laughs) I started doing dance fitness regularly. Now Chris was a fitness instructor for, he is, he's a coach for 10 years. Um, but dance, dancing has always been kind of my thing. So I read something that said, you know, just find, find something that really lights you up and just do it, do it an hour a day or a couple hours a week. And dance fitness really is something that, you know, I could be totally impatient and upset and irritable at home. I'll go to dance fitness and I'll come home and I'll be like ready to go. Cause I, I took some time for myself. So mm-hmm. those are the main yes. things. Yeah. And, and what I really love about the, um, uh, and it, it definitely is, taboo quote unquote but I, what i really love about the spouse over kids concept is plain and simple like your kids set the, how they live their lives based on what you do yeah. and if you have a happy marriage and you are showing them what a happy marriage looks like they're going to seek out a happy marriage because they have a definition for that uh, if you give everything to your kids and you keep nothing for yourself, nothing for your spouse, and then your marriage falls apart, that's ultimately just going to do more damage. Like, yeah, short term, maybe they got more attention or, or whatever it is. Not to say that you're not giving them that, but long term, you're not exactly setting them up for knowing how to navigate this world uh, unless you're able to show them what that looks like. So I, I absolutely love that concept and I wish it was something that 
that more people adopted. And it definitely is, as I have conversations with Rachel about marriage and kids and, and, and the future, um, it definitely is something that we're both looking forward to making sure we implement in our own relationship. Sure. Uh, so as we wrap up here, tell me a little bit, you mentioned, or actually no, one last question before we jump into that, because I think this is important. Um, we talked earlier about what someone can do, like what the, the advice looks like if you had to go back and tell yourself what to expect. What, um, what are some of the signs that you can look for? Like how can somebody listening identify this in a shorter period of time than six months into it? Like what should they look for in themselves, in, in uh, their relationships to their partner in order to make sure they recognize, okay, I do need to ask for help right now. Yeah. So one is just thoughts of just absolute overwhelm that disables you. Every mom feels overwhelmed to an extent. And even in the beginning of of postpartum, you know, the first few weeks, there's something called baby blues, which is just your hormones just getting settled. And most moms experience that. But the real postpartum symptoms, I would say, are isolation, withdrawal from from people, from your spouse, from family, from things that you once enjoyed, um, overwhelm, feeling of hopelessness, shame, guilt, all those things. But to an extent, again, that it's disabling, not being panic attacks. Panic attacks are something that I had never experienced before that I started having. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, thoughts of harming yourself or harming your baby or those intrusive thoughts that, you know, are not your own voice. And you know, there's no one size fits all form of postpartum mm-hmm. because I think that's one thing just really quickly that I thought, and that's why I didn't think I had postpartum is I had always heard it as being like, you wanted to hurt your baby or you didn't bond right. with your baby. And that's not always it. My case was complete opposite. I only wanted to be with my baby and mm-hmm. I only thought about the fear of what happens to her. So, um, extreme irritability, these things that are just not common of your personality, but that are to the extreme mood swings, all all those things, a lot of women experience, but to the extreme. And again, just loss of joy. That was something that was really hard for me to, to realize that I wasn't finding joy in normal things anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that. Thank you for for sharing. Uh, So keep an eye out for those signs. Uh, Remember Jana's number one piece of advice just speak up, ask for help, connect with somebody in your life that can help support you. Uh, even if it, it doesn't end up being as extreme as, as needing to go seek professional help, like at least having someone else know what's going on uh, can, can be extremely valuable. And then look into something that is just yours. So for Jana, that was dance fitness, but that doesn't have to be it. It can be whatever your thing is. Maybe you love writing. Maybe you love meditation. Maybe you just love going for a hike. Like find a way to to incorporate these things into your life so that you're able to to keep moving forward. Um, so, Jana, tell us a little bit about. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning that you have a special offer for anyone who does want to try the dance fitness aspect of this to incorporate this into their own recovery and their own healing. Um, and then after that, tell us where we can find you, where we can connect with you, uh, where we can hear you and Chris's beautiful voices. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. Yeah. So I'm super excited to say that dance fitness 
is even more part of my life now as I'm officially an instructor at a place called Grind to Fit. And we have a special offer for Greg's listeners and for our listeners to um, get to live stream from their living room. So fitness doesn't have to be, you know, going and finding a babysitter with Grind to Fit's live streaming service. You can dance with us from the comfort of, of your own living room. And the music is, it's hype. It's exciting. It's such a fun way to, to exercise and invest in yourself. So, um, the offer you can find at grind2.fit slash G-Y-G-Y-M. That's grind, the number two dot fit slash G-Y-G-Y-M. And the promo code is G-Y-G-Y-M. So I'm pretty sure the trial is like a week for a dollar for listeners. And you can dance with me and the other awesome instructors there at Grind to Fit. Um, and then for us, the best place to find us is on our social media, Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and my personal Instagram, I probably post more. It's Jonna underscore Farrell three. And that's where you can see all the chaos of our life with three little kids and working from home. Um, and like Greg said, our podcast is Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage. And we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those platforms. Oh, and real quick, just Greg didn't ask me to do this, but he mentioned Sparkology in the beginning. Chris and I are students of Sparkology and we want to say we highly recommend the program. Um, it's, it's a great A. Oh, thank really, you so much. It really uh, is. It's helped us a lot. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, so the podcast is Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage. Uh, it's grind the number two fit dot com dot fit. dot fit. Sorry, grind two dot fit slash G Y G M. Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage, G-Y-G-M. Connect with them on Instagram grow, at Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage. And uh, Jono, I just want to say thank you again for being here. Thank you for being willing to share what is such a personal story and what you found to be the the, the best way of, of tackling it. I know for a fact that this is going to help so many people out there that are listening. So I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with us. Oh, thanks, Greg. It was a really, it, it was a really big honor. And I really hope that my words impact somebody today. So. And for those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with us this morning or this evening or whenever it is you choose to listen. If you are struggling with this, if you're struggling with postpartum depression or depression of any kind, or if you are, are worried that in a few months when you have your baby, you are going to be struggling, I highly, highly recommend checking out Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage and connecting with Jana directly because I know from the few months that I've known her, she is such an open and warm person and she's more than willing to connect with you and, and just chat. So connect with her on Instagram at grow yourself, grow your marriage. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Greg Cludens as always. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day, every day.